Welcome to Cover 4. If you're a Section 4 football fan, this is your podcast. I'm Coach Smith, and I'll be your host. The Cover 4 podcast is brought to you by TDS Performance Improvement. 60% of first-time leaders fail. TDS Performance Improvement prevents these failures by verifying often overlooked prerequisites. To see if you have the leadership prerequisites, visit tdspi.com. That's tdspi.com. Click the Let's Have a Conversation button and schedule your free, informative conversation. Welcome to week eight, the final week of the Section 4 football regular season. Our guest football analyst is Andrew Laguerre. Andrew will be sharing his knowledge and insight for the teams in the western part of Section 4. Welcome back, Andrew. Hey, good to, see, good to be back, Tim, in a lot of ways. so Glad uh, to have you back. Uh, you know, I've been gone a couple of weeks, and the, the good news is I, <clears throat> I came back right in time because we had a couple of huge games down here over the weekend, uh, starting at Horseheads High School. And, and I got to say, man, they're bringing in the crowds there at Horseheads. So that place was packed. It took me a long time to find a parking spot. Uh, but w- once it's, you know, once it got rolling, the story of the year, it, and this is something new at Horseheads, they're just playing fantastic defense. And, you know, they ended up beating UE 17-7. UE had been scoring a lot of points, coming off 40-point performance a week earlier against Almira. Uh, but UE didn't even get in the end zone until the final quarter, or, or final minute, excuse me. Uh, and, and I got to point out two kids in particular, Gannon Johnston on the D-line for Horseheads. Riley Loomis at safety, both playing in my mind at a first team all state level with a whole bunch of other kids on that uh, defense are doing a great job. And, you know, offensively, a little bit of a workmanlike performance for Horseheads. They give the ball to Riley Loomis. He pushes forward, very physical and smart runner. Um, so I was really impressed with Horseheads. I've been impressed with them all season. Ramifications of this game, this decide, you know, we have three teams in class A. Uh, with Vestal the other so the winner of this game earned the right to not only host the sectional final but to get a bye into the final so they don't have to play that semifinal. so that team's going to be Horseheads now six and one so they get that bye into the championship game which is huge because Vestal is is better than that rec- their record indicates um, so now in two weeks you know a week and a half or whatever we're going to have Vestal playing at Union Endicott with the winner going to Horseheads Absolutely. next week in the championship and if you recall, when uh, Union Endicott played Vestal earlier in the season, Union Endicott had to make a spectacular play towards the end of the game to beat Vestal in that particular game. So that's one of those long-time rivalries where you you throw out the records and it's, it's just good old-fashioned backyard uh, football. So you never know who's going to come out of that and, and be challenging horse heads, but uh, exciting times now. Yeah, Vessel's much better than the record. They're competitive every week. I, I think I've seen them play twice now. And, you know, that's not an easy game for anybody. So it, it, there is some weight to getting that buy into the championship game, just having to win one instead of two the rest of the way. Definitely. Uh, and then Saturday, I was in the rain a little bit 
uh, over at Ernie Davis Academy in uh, for Corning and Elmira. Uh, that one ended a similar situation, though. Uh, Elmira didn't necessarily have everything in their hands, but the 30 to 8 Corning over Elmira. And that win gives Corning home field advantage throughout the Section 4 Class A double A tournament. Uh, and it also sets the field for Class A sectionals. So Corning's going to host Binghamton in one semi. And then Elmira will play Ithaca in the other semifinal. Uh, those schools meet Friday this weekend. So the winner of that game is going to earn the right to have a home game for the semifinal. But, uh, you know, I saw Corning. They lost to Horseheads uh, in a really close, tight game that came down to a missed field goal at the end for Corning. Uh, but they're really good again. Uh, Dylan Kennedy, I think, uh, roughly 190, three touchdowns, really physical kid running the ball, the fullback in that double wing. Um, and their wingbacks are typically good. They didn't break any huge plays. And I thought Elmira defended well. You know, they, they were in it, but uh, just not making enough plays on the offensive side with their double wing that, you know, the interesting part is Mike Johnson Jr. coaching Corning. He brought the double wing to the area to this part of the section at Corning West. Then he brought it to Elmira. Now it's back at Corning. So, you know, Mike sort of going up against a little bit of his own offense. So Elmira's put its own spin on it. But, you know, uh, another impressive performance for Corning, which is, you know, I think clearly the favorite to win the double A title this season. Yeah, I, I feel strongly that uh, not only in the AA and the A classifications, but all through so throughout Section 4, we're going to be represented very well at the state level. Whoever makes it out, you know, of the, uh, the you know, playoffs system here. And so that's a good thing. And it's kind of like the, you know, the, really the, the real good route of football is getting back, especially after, you know, we went through that COVID stuff. It really is good to see these. And and like you and I spoke before we got on the air, we're week eight already, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh, it's pretty crazy to me that we're already week eight. And, uh, you know, I think part of it has to do with the weather. You know, we, we've it's been so warm for so long. And then uh, last few days here, not the greatest weather with the with the rain and a little bit chillier, but, uh, you know, it definitely getting to feel like fall playoff weather and for football and all the other sports. So looking forward to it. Exactly. And a lot of these teams play on synthetic fields and they don't get the chance to enjoy the, what I call the mud, grass and dirt, of, you know, back in the day, but you're right. The right. weather is now more conducive to, a traditional fall weather when you should be playing football. Those warm weeks at the beginning of the season almost felt like you had an extended preseason with the weather that they were playing in. Yeah, it not only feels different, it smells different. And people, <laughs> people, football people know what I'm talking about. Yeah, right. Smell the football, so. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, is there anything else you got for us out there out west in uh, section four, Andrew? Yeah, just looking a little bit at this weekend, this is sort of a a transition weekend. Maybe teams get a little bit healthy and do some different things because down here, Horsehead's going to Wego on Friday night. That's a non-league game. Kind of an 
interesting matchup in Corning because UE's coming to town and you know UE coming off a rough rough night in Horseheads, but that's a really solid program. And I know Mike Johnson was talking about UE and has great deal of respect for their athletes and what they do. So uh, I think that's a nice test for both. And maybe you, you learn some things going to the sectional. So looking forward to that one. And then, you know, the other team that I want to mention is walking the Glen Odessa Montour. They end up with a forfeit week over Dryden. You know, we unfortunately, we're still getting those forfeit weeks here and there with, uh, you know, some of it's COVID related, some of it's injury related. But, uh, you know, one thing I want to say about Watkins Glen OM is they got a fantastic backfield. They got a quarterback, Cameron Holland, whose dad is the head coach, whose dad back in the day played for Watkins Glen before the merger. Trayvon Jones, a dynamic player at the wing back, and, you know, Owen Schultesek and Dominic Fazari. So that's a team to watch, to be to be on the lookout for. It's a fun team to watch, and uh, they move the ball, and they're tough to defend. Yeah, I had called a game uh, two years ago, I believe, when – uh, the quarterback there you're talking about was a, he was a sophomore and uh, the whole, I think the whole, whole backfield was sophomores at the time. And they were playing a, a playoff game against Susquehanna Valley when, when they were at the top of their game and they held their own for, for quite a while in that particular game. This uh, classification that you're talking about here is the C classification. And this is absolutely tough. You've got a traditional powerhouse in class C Right now, Shenango Forks, they're ranked number four. You got Waverly at number eight. And then the honorable mention, you've got Norwich and then the Watkins Glen Odessa Montour. So that I keep talking about this C classification, the team that makes it out of this. If you make it out healthy, they're going to uh, represent really well, I believe, at the state level. Yeah, section four, it seems like they always uh, do well. And I think part of it, is because a lot of these teams stick to a running game, but they play physical football. They execute their offenses really well. A team like Corning with a double wing, nobody wants to face that defensively uh, because if you're not getting a huge push up front, it's so hard to deal with if you don't see it very often. You know, a lot of the double A's down here, they play each other a lot. And Elmira Corning both running that double wing. So, I mean, they become more accustomed to it. But once you get to that state level, uh, these schools are, you know, not thrilled to, to play that double wing. It's like playing the wishbone at the college level these days. You're, I don't think most big time programs are going to schedule a team that's playing that type of offense because they don't want to see it. Absolutely. I can remember, and I agree with exactly what you're saying. When I was a defensive coordinator for Vestal, I can remember when uh, we, it was Corning West, we were playing at the time and coach Johnston was there and they had, that same offensive formation. And I, I stayed up many a night thinking about how are we going to defense this? And what I actually came up with was a literally a six, five, very unorthodox, but it was a, it was a six, five formation stacked right up at the line of scrimmage. And obviously at the snap of the ball, you got to watch for that quick pop pass to the tight end. You got to pay attention to those eligible receivers, but also you've got to try to uh, see what's going on in the backfield because a lot of times there's multiple handoffs before you even can pick up where the ball is. And that's what makes it really tough. But you're right. Uh, defensing that offense is very difficult. Yeah. And for me, I'm taking photos at most of my games. So, you know, sometimes I'm 
taking a photo of a pile and the ball is elsewhere on the field and I don't, <laughs> I don't see it. So it's, exactly. it's tricky to cover too, you know, Not exactly. That's my, my point. And then if you could be an interior lineman on the defensive side of the ball and have, you know, you think you know where it is and boom there it's going because they can do misdirection so quickly, you know, from a quarterback handing off to the fullback or the wingback who's going crossways with the, uh, the back going the opposite direction. So if you get into some uh, field that maybe it's a muddy field or even a, a wet synthetic turf field, that misdirection can can be to your advantage because you get your defender going one way and they try to uh, re you know go the opposite way and it's, they slip sometimes and and there you go that's all you need and and you're off to the races. Yeah, and then they hit you with one of those throws over the middle and then it's like uh oh. <laughs> so yeah, who's uh, yeah, yeah? Then you got uh, your defensive backs or your linebackers stand there pointing at each other. I thought, you know, I thought you, <laughs> so it's, it, it does uh, cause a lot of problems. Cause like you said, it's not traditional, but in our area, there's enough teams that run it that pretty much the coaches are cognizant of it, but stopping it's another thing. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I did mention all the Johnstons. I just wrote a long feature on that family. So Mike senior coaching at Notre Dame junior coaching at uh, Horseheads and uh, Mike Sr.'s grandson and junior's nephew, Gannon, who we mentioned is uh, having a great year at the uh, Horseheads and, you know, and they, and they got a family member in the NHL with the Penguins. So it's a, that's an interesting family. Yeah, it is very uh, sports oriented, athletically inclined family and coach Johnston senior, I understand was the first quarterback at Notre Dame when coach Haggerty started the program down there many years ago. Yeah. Early sixties. And then he was a little all American at Alfred university after that. So exactly. He, he, he's still athletic. He still gets out there and practices with the team. He's 75, I think. So yeah, he's, he's 75 and he does not look 75. And I'm, nope. I'm just hoping that I got all my faculties when I get to be that age. <laughs> But uh, I'm with you on that one. So. Well, listen, Andrew, thank you very much for taking the time to share your insight on the uh, the teams out there in the western section, western portion of Section 4. Really appreciate it. Uh, best wishes the rest of the season. And uh, we may have you on uh, at the end of the season for some, some playoff activity and uh, sharing some analysis with teams that uh, progress on, hopefully into the state level, into the championship games and successful there. Yeah, look forward to it. And here's to as many dry games as we can get coming up. <laughs> All right. Take care. Yeah, you too. Welcome to Games of the Week with Roger Neal, the sports voice of the Southern Tier. Welcome, Roger. Hey, Tim. Thank you very much. Well, we're getting down to the close of the regular season. Hard to believe that two months have flown by as fast as they have. Things in the regular season play wrapping up this weekend, heading to Section 4 playoffs. Let's take a little review of what happened last week. Some big games. First of all, Corning able to clinch the uh, AA Division I Section 4 regular season title. They rolled by Elmira 30-8. Dylan Kennedy, big game, 27 carries, 187 yards rushing to lead the way in that one. How about Windsor? Windsor uh, come from behind win. They were down early. Scored 36 consecutive points. Go on to beat Chenango Valley 36-9. to And uh, with that, also uh, Horseheads coming up with a win. A big showdown at Horseheads against the UB Tigers. And Horseheads prevailed 17-7, to handing UB its first loss of the year. With that, they win the division title in A competition. 
They get a bye in the first round of the playoffs. They have the home field also for the championship game with just three teams playing in Class A this year. And also a big game at Main Endwell. The Spartans clobbered Johnson City 35-6. Score a bit misleading because the Wildcats have some very good talent, but Emmy's speed just too much. Michael Mancini was tremendous as he has been throughout the year, helping a 35-6 victory. Also lots of news concerning Main Endwell as um, – the uh, Spartans uh, ruled in a Section 4 ruling that came out just several days ago that they have to forfeit five games, which would change their record from 6-1 and one to 1-6. One and six. A petition has been filed protesting that. We'll see where that goes. Nonetheless, Class B competition, all the teams are going to be in the postseason, so it will not cost Maine Enwell a chance to play in the Section 4 postseason tournament. They have a big one this weekend, though, at Windsor, and both going in are one and one in Class B competition. So that'll be a good battle. Horseheads at Owego. Horseheads 2 0 in Class A, 6 1 overall, and Owego 1 2 in Class B. And again, they're jockeying for position in the Class B competition playoffs. Big up that at Johnson City against the Wildcats. The Patriots still looking for their first win, 0 7 overall. The Wildcats are 2 5. We said we've saw them play. Tim and I both watched them uh, at Main Endwell, and so they're looking pretty good, and it's going to be a tough battle for Binghamton to get that first win against them, and certainly one of the best places to watch a game, Wildcat Stadium, coming up this weekend, too. So those are some of the highlights on the way, the regular season wrapping up this weekend in Section 4 high school football. Tim? Roger, uh, like you had mentioned, I can't believe that uh, it's week eight and we're at the end of the regular season, but uh, we've got the... uh, Section four playoffs coming up and then uh, our teams, one of our teams in each classification will move on into the, the state tournament. And from what you and I have been covering throughout these uh, eight weeks, well, actually nine weeks, including week zero, there are some really good teams and I think they're going to represent very well at the state level. And if not, uh, maybe even in playing in that last game. And that's that's the ultimate goal is to play in that last game. So thanks for what you did during the regular season, Roger. And I look forward to teaming up with you into the playoffs. So you take care, bud. That was good. Thank you. Now for the New York State Sports Writers Association state rankings as of Sunday, October 24th. Beginning with Class AA, you've got Corning coming in number 18 with a five, I'm sorry, with a four and one record. And in uh, honorable mention, you have Elmira 3-3. Three and three. Now, Corning has a real big game on Friday night. They have Union Endicott coming to town, so that should be a real interesting game. In Class A, you've got Horseheads coming in with number 14 with a 6-1 and one record. And also ranked at number 23 is Union Endicott with a 6-1 and one record. Class B, you've got Maine Endwell that's sitting at number seven with a six and one record. And in honorable mention, you've got Windsor with a five and two record. And ironically, the way it worked out, they're going to be playing each other this Friday. So that look for that to be a real interesting game this Friday. On to the Class C classification. You've got Shenango Forks at number four and Waverly at number eight. Now, Waverly is on an eight-game winning streak. And Shenango Forks actually plays... Uh, at James I. O'Neill, who is ranked number six in Class C with a 6-0 and record. So that also also should be a very good game uh, getting ready for the playoffs. In Class C also, in the honorable mention, you have Norwich with a 5-2 and record. 
and Watkins Glen Odessa Montour with a 4-2 record. Those teams also, they're going to play each other this Friday. So it's kind of interesting how these games are, are, are playing out here. In Class D, you've got Tioga, uh, number one st- still at 7-0, and zero, and they are on an eight-game winning streak. In honorable mention, you have Delhi 6-2, Harpersville Afton 5-1, Newark Valley 5-2, and two, and in that honorable mention, you have Delhi, who is playing this Saturday against Harpersville. So that should also be a very good game. In the eight-player classification, you've got number two, Spencer Van Etten, Kander, with a 5-0 and zero record. Green at number three with a 5-0 and zero record. And at number five is Groton with a 5-0 and zero record. So you got three of the top five teams in Section 4 in that eight-player classification, and they're all undefeated. In the honorable mention category, you've got Lansing at 4-2 and two and Trumansburg at 4-2, and two, and they're playing each other on Friday. So a lot of interesting games and very competitive games this weekend. And I forgot to mention that Spencer Van Etten is on an 11-game winning streak, and Green is on an 8-game winning streak. So that rounds out the final state rankings going into the final week of the Section 4 football season. It's been a lot of fun bringing you these games along with all my technical uh, assistance from Roger Neal and all the football analysts we have in the different areas, Nate Lull, Andrew Laguerre, Tim Burney, Dan Doherty. You guys are all doing a great job. and look forward to jumping into the, the postseason uh, next week with the, uh, the playoff games and then to see how we're represented at the state level. Take care. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. And remember, tell your friends. Coach Smith says... Visit Cover4.com and be the next fan up. In football and life, it's not where we line up, it's where we wind up. Thank you for listening to the Cover 4 Podcast.